Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Hey, everybody, it's Chris Riley. Welcome to Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Um, we are joined today by the head, or the, you're the head associate coach of Northeastern, Nick Carpenito of women's ice hockey. Uh, Nick, welcome to Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Um, let's go back to when you first fell in love with hockey. Uh, what drew you to the game? What, what, what was exciting to you as a kid? Yeah, honestly, as a, I grew up in a big hockey family. Um, my grandfather, he was one of the founding people of uh, a local program here at Tewksbury uh, Hockey, and uh, that's where my dad grew up, and um, him, his brothers played all growing up, and, you know, one of my fondest memories of when I was really young was when I, uh, on Friday nights, I would go over to my grandmother's house and we'd watch the old Bruins play on TV 38 and listen to uh, Freddie Cusick, and, you know, it was just... Uh, just something I, I was always around growing up and you know I started skating just before my second birthday and it just kind of took off from there. What kind of player were you? Oh I would say uh, I was an A to B player you know I, I didn't have I didn't have a crazy skill set but you know one of one of my best assets was I, I was competing very hard all the time and I was never one of the biggest biggest guys on the ice but I took pride in trying to run over the, the other big guys and you know get pucks to the net get the crap beaten out of me out front and see if something <laughs> knocks off my shin pads and deflects into the goal. And, um, you know, I think uh, I, I did pride myself on be, being good def defensively. I felt like I was a pretty smart player as well, but um, you know, I guess I'd just call myself a steady Eddie and uh, you know, get what, get what I have to get done, done and uh, let, uh, let the goal scorers take care of the rest. We are more of a cerebral guy. You saw the game in a different way than like just you, instead of raw talent, you kind of saw it more from a coaching perspective, would you say? Yeah, I would say, you know, especially, you know, as, as I got further along in my career, like I, I knew pretty early on that I wasn't going to be playing professional hockey or anything. And, um, you know, I also knew that I had a, a competitive streak and I wanted to continue to be involved in the game. So, you know, there came a point where I, I always felt like I paid attention to the coaches pretty well, but there came a point where, you know, I needed to really make sure I locked down the information because hopefully someday down the road, I'll be able to use it. Now, were you playing in high school in Massachusetts at that time? And, and how was that going for you? Yeah, um, it went great. So I, I went to uh, prep school for two years. I went to Lawrence Academy. Um, and then my other two years, I, I grew up in Acton, Massachusetts. So I went to Acton, Boxborough. Um, and, you know, high school hockey is... It was very competitive back then, and especially, you know, the prep school level was was pretty incredible. And, um, you know, Lawrence Academy had a, had a very, very heavy schedule in there. It's pretty interesting to, to watch NHL games and, you know, in my head be like, holy crap, I played against that guy when he was at Cushing. Or I played against that guy when he was at Nobles. So, um, you know, it's uh, it was it was an incredible experience and um, I had a lot of fun with it. Now, Acton Boxborough is where Tom Barrasso went. Um, did yes. you guys, did he ever come back? Did he ever do anything for you guys or anything of that nature? Or is it just kind of like Tom had graduated and kind of moved on with life? You know what? He, I hadn't seen him when I was at school. The only time I saw him after I graduated was two years ago when our program, uh, the, the Northeastern Women's Program, went to play in Belfast. And he's one of the coaches for the Belfast Giants. So that's the only time I've seen him besides that. Other than that, I knew of his legend, you know, his name's up in the rafters all over the place. And uh, obviously I grew up watching him quite a bit too. So 
how did you wind up at Northeastern as an undergrad? Sure. What was what, what what happened there, and how did you wind up? It's a great hockey program. Do you think, oh, maybe I can go walk on, or maybe I get a shot, or did that ever come across your mind at all? Or I think it, it did come across my mind initially, um, but you know, so I started off um, at a Division three school playing lacrosse, and okay. um, you know, they did recruit me to play hockey there as well. But I, for me, it was you know, I, I wasn't a hundred percent. I was more heavily recruited on the lacrosse side of things, and um, you know, I I. I wanted to focus on one thing, but even at the end of the day, like the, the school itself, it wasn't for me. It was a phenomenal place, but it just wasn't, uh, it was up in the hills and I was more of a city guy. So I decided to head out to, um, to Northeastern just because my family's from there. I knew it was a great school. Uh, they had club. So, you know, if I had the offer, I had an opportunity to play hockey, no matter what. Um, obviously there was a tryout process and everything, but I felt pretty confident going into it. But, um, you know, I, when I was at my first school, I grew up around what school the was that by the way. So, so it was Plymouth state university. Okay. Just yeah, yeah. So when I was there, um, my, my dad and my grandfather and his brothers, they were pretty heavily involved in college officiating and I got into college officiating as well. So, um, you know, I wasn't refing a lot of college games at that point, but I was doing goal judging and I got to goal judge the bean pot semifinals for the men's program one year. And I loved being in that atmosphere. I, I got to do a couple games at Northeastern as well before I got there. Um, and I just love the campus. I love the school. So uh, it was funny. We were talking about SEC football before. It was between that and University of Kentucky. I, absolutely, <laughs> I went down there for a week and I fell in love with the place. And, you know, at the end of the day, I wanted to be close to home. I wanted to be in a hockey environment. And, um, you know, it, it worked out for me in the end. That's for sure. So just quickly touch on you mentioned you played lacrosse, went to play lacrosse in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things here we focus on the Inside the Game podcast, we're talking with Nick Carpenito, the associate head coach of women's ice hockey at Northeastern. We talk about not being a one-sport athlete. Yeah. What did that do for you as an athlete, playing you know multiple sports growing up? Yeah, I mean, I think that when I was in high school, I played soccer, hockey, and lacrosse. And, you know, hockey was definitely my main sport, but there are so many transferable skills that you were able to work on in soccer and lacrosse that, that were very helpful to me on the ice. Like with lacrosse, your hand-eye coordination is huge. Obviously, you're sprinting around quite a bit. So, um, you know, you're working on your fitness. Same thing with soccer. You're working on your footwork. So, um, you know, between that and the fact that me not playing hockey 24-7, 365 days a year, I didn't burn myself out. So I was hungry in the in the fall when – hockey season was getting going as opposed to, you know, I got to go back to the rink again, 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 you know? So mm-hmm. um, plus in the off season for lacrosse, you got to hit people, which, you know, I, <laughs> when I was, when I was in, so, um, but I think it's, it's incredibly important. And I always encourage players to do it um, younger players. And um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to get better at one sport and have fun doing it at the same time. So you wind up coming to NU yep. and you are a player on the club team, but you're also coaching the women's club team. Talk about that. And how did you fit your studies in? How did you, how did you manage all that? I mean, you know, just a disclosure, I went to Northeastern and it was a busy school. I mean, you're in a city, there's a lot going on and I know how hard it can be to get around campus and how were you able to manage and juggle all that? Yeah. So, you know, I was very fortunate where, um, the men's and the women's club team, they practiced every other day. So the days that the men's team weren't practicing, I was on the ice with the women's team, which, which worked out really well. And, um, you know, I was, I was thinking about this yesterday, 
as far as the game schedule goes, the only time I can remember having a conflict was one time. Um, and it's actually funny because there was one weekend where both of our teams were playing up at Bates College. So the women's team was playing like a little showcase and the men's team was playing the two games set against Bates College. And um, it just happened to work out. We were both up there at the same time. So I was coaching games. I was playing in games. And in order to save the women's club team money, the games that we weren't involved in, I was officiating as well. <laughs> so it's funny because there's a couple of, there's a couple of other refs out there. And, you know, I'm pretty close with a lot of the officials. This, after that weekend, they started calling me Reggie Dunlop. <laughs> I was coaching, playing in, and officiating. Oh my first my trifecta ever. Now, did you aspire to be a coach because your grandfather and your father, because they started the Tewksbury program? That was always in the back of your mind that you wanted to coach or, you know, just something you fell into when you got to Northeastern. I think it was, it was just something I fell into because when, when I started coaching the women's club team, I started off as an assistant and it was, it was almost, I don't know if it was an accident, but um, the way that it all worked out was my line mate on the men's club team, his now wife, started the women's club team uh, with a few other players. They asked him to be the head coach. He asked me to be an assistant coach. And, you know, he didn't, and he's fine with me saying this, but he didn't take it as seriously as I was. So, you know, after a few weeks, I was like, hey, can I, can I put in some systems? Like, can, we, can we do some stuff with them just to get them ready for games? Because we were playing a three-game schedule that year because um, it was the, the very beginning of the program. So, and he said yes, and, you know, we ended up, winning those three games and then the next year we joined the ACHA which is like the NCAA for club yeah um, and that year they asked me to be the head coach so it just kind of happened and um, you know I started I started doing a lot of research because I wanted to be you know good for them and give them the best experience I can I ended up meeting coach Flint there uh, I ended up meeting coach Madigan when I was at Northeastern before he was the head coach of the men's team so um, you know it, it wasn't until I was about to graduate because I was, I was getting ready to study for my LSATs where uh, coach Flint told me about an opportunity. Who's our, who's our head coach now at Northeastern um, told me about an opportunity at Elmira college. So I didn't think much of it. I applied um, and I ended up getting the job. And from there, it just, I loved it. Like I knew I really enjoyed it, but I didn't know I could make a career of it. And um, you know, once, once I got into the, the thick of it, I, I knew that there was probably no turning back for me. So let's transition to that. You graduate from Northeastern and you go off to Elmira, Division Three school. Um, what did you take from your time at Northeastern as the head coach of the club team for women to this now? This is a real job. This is Division Three. Yep. This is a real job. This isn't yep. just a club team. This is athletes here who are coming to school. Um, what did you take away from your time as a head coach to bring? You were the assistant coach, I take it, as the women's team. Yes, yeah, so I was the I was the assistant coach of the varsity program, and then I was the uh, head coach of the JV program as well. Um, so so it was cool because I still got to get some more head coaching experience. Um, but you know, with with going in as an assistant coach, it was it was a really interesting transition because I'd never been in a situation which is crazy for someone I guess of my age at that point where you know, I was, I was support staff, you know, so there was definitely, especially the first year, like I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. The, the first year was, it was kind of a gong show because I just didn't, I didn't know, you know, and, and that was, a, learn that as was, you go. Yeah. So it was, it was a graduate assistant position. So I, I, the head coach, uh, who's 
who's now the head coach over at Colgate, Greg Fargo. Um, you know, he, he knew what he was getting into as far as like most of the people that have had that job. It's the first time they're ever doing it. And, um, you know, there's, there's definitely going to be a, a big time learning curve, but um, he was incredible with me. And, you know, he was, he was, he helped develop me as a coach big time in that first year, which, which I needed. Yeah. So the school wins in 2013, they, yeah. they, they win the national championship as it were division three. Yes. Talk about that season. And what was it like? I mean, was it, was it a great ride? Did you expect yeah. to have that early success? I mean, did you guys look at each other and go, Oh my gosh, we have something here. Usually coaches can kind of gauge what's going on with their club. Like you know, probably like a month into a season, they can kind of understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, so that was, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I knew that we had the players to do it, but it was a very, very interesting summer leading up to that year. Um, so coach Fargo that after the first year I was there, he went to Colgate. So we had to get a new head coach and we ended up hiring, um, we didn't hire him because he was on the men's side, uh, at Elmira, but Dean Jackson, who's now the associate, or, sorry, he's the assistant coach at Cornell. Um, he was the men's assistant coach and he came over to the women's side that year. So we had a new head coach, um, two players transferred, including the leading goal scorer in the country that year. And then one of our better defensemen as well. Um, so I think going into the season, there was a lot of like unknowns, like what, what's going to happen here. And then, um, you know, we knew that we had a ton of chemistry and a phenomenal group of people. And, you know, skill can take you so far, but if you have great chemistry and you have a, a lot of quality people in your program, then that can a lot of times offset some of the skill you might have lost. Um, so I think initially we might not have quite known what we had, but as the season went on, we were like, oh, wow, we got something here, you know? And um, it just ended up Coach Jackson, he's, he's such a brilliant hockey mind. And, you know, I was incredibly fortunate to learn from him. He, he struck all the right chords and got, got a ton out of the players. And, you know, for me, he, he helped me tremendously because I, I still had some rough edges around me as I, as every coach does, even, yep. even right now I do, you know, but um, you know, he was, he was really able to help me take that next step in my coaching career. And him and I had great chemistry and um, you know, from there, it just, I think we went into the, the national tournament as the sixth seed, but we still felt really, really confident where we were at because um, a couple of our losses were pretty early on. So um, and then we just, we just took off from there and, um, we beat. great ride when it starts. It's really, yeah. it's, it's kind of a cool thing when you're like, Oh my, and everything's clicking, everything's working out. Yeah. Um, so you, you win this, you, you win this. Go ahead. Sorry. We were the only team that year that didn't have an all American in the, in the wow. national tournament, you know, and, and especially at the division three level, you have one or two major impact kids, you know, you're, you're going to be able, they're going to be able to carry it pretty far. But for us, that, that was the most exciting part about it is we, we were a team, you know, we weren't, we weren't dependent on a couple of individuals. So you guys win. And what does it do for your career? Cause you wind up at union college. I yeah. mean, what did that, what did that do for you? I mean, did it, did it kind of give you like cachet with other coaches and other programs? Is that why you went to union? Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I think it, it was, it put me on the radar of a lot of programs, you know, at the end of the day, my objective was always to get back to Northeastern. Um, at that time, it was a pretty, pretty prominent program. And, you know, if I was coach Flint, I wouldn't have hired me right out of, right out of Elmar either, <laughs> just to give me, give me a little bit of time to, 
you know, develop if that's yeah. if I, you know, on his radar at that point. But I think anytime you win a championship, you're going to, you're going to start turning some heads, you know, and um, I was, I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity from coach Barcombe over at, at uh, union. And um, you know, it was, it was an unbelievable experience. The players were phenomenal. Working for her was phenomenal. She taught me a lot. And, um, you know, it was, it was good for me. Difference between Division Three, Division One. Yeah. Um, What's the difference? What did you see then? What, did, what were you un- not expecting? You're like, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, you've been around Division One programs at Northeastern yeah. and everything, but now you're on the inner circle of it. It's a lot yeah. different to be on the outer circle, an outlier, and then to come into the middle of this thing. It's a lot different. A lot of people really don't understand the day-to-day. I mean, what, yeah. what were these things you were like, oh, my gosh, I never thought of this? Or, you know, what, what happened to you there? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because I get asked that question a lot. And I think for me, my my observation of Division Three is a little bit skewed because Elmira, they're a hockey town, you know. Yes. So I, I felt like Elmira, aside from the, the size of the game schedule, which is, you know, a difference of 25 or 24 and 34 um, with Division One, like we, we ran that program like a Division One program. Um, you know, we started a little bit later than Division One. We we started or we ended a little bit earlier than Division One. But I mean, we didn't necessarily have the resources that Division One programs had, but we we made it work. You know, um, but you know, obviously, due to the scholarships aspect of Division One, uh, you know, the the level of talent is is pretty is higher, hundred percent. But you know, we absolutely had some players on on the Elmira team that could have played Division One in a heartbeat. You know. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely a grind. There's no doubt about that. Like you're you're on the road. Division three, you can be on the road 12 months out of the year. At Division one, it's only 11 because um, you know there's a there's an NCAA rule where uh, the month of May you're not allowed to go off campus. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a grind. There's no doubt about that. But you know the it's a lot of programs from Division three to Division one. It's just a different type of athlete, and um, you know as as far as the the level of talent and um, but like I said at Elmira, like we, we had a really, really good thing going for us. And, um, you know, it's, it's not too far off. That's for sure. That was segment one here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR with Nick Carpinetto, the associate head coach of women's ice hockey at Northeastern University. Stay tuned for segment two with Nick coming up. Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. 